Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Jason Sturbikins, Sturbinskis, who's the MD of Los Serios, who are an ASX-listed exploration and mining company, um, who are a leading Colombian gold explorer and developer with a focus in the regions of Mid-Calca Gold Belt in, obviously, Colombia. Um, Jason is a geologist uh, by background and has been a lead um, and involved in obviously many projects across the world in Australia, Africa, Central Asia, and South America. Um, also has an MBA um, and ha- happens to be an honorary consul of Kazakhstan in Western Australia. Um, Jason's on the podcast to give us a more in-depth understanding um, of the project in Columbia. Um, and we'd like to welcome Jason to the podcast. How are you doing, Jason? Doing very well, thank you. Thank you, and I appreciate your time as well. So, um, why don't you even give us a little bit of a, of a background about yourself? Um, obviously, I mentioned that you, you're geologist by background um, and have done an MBA. So, just wonder if you can just take us through that journey of the, of your career to sort of present day. Sure. So, I started off as a geologist, got a, a bachelor's in geology, University of Western Australia, and worked as a geologist for a few years. And um, then I did an MBA, and uh, that led me into st- strategic consulting. So, I was working for a consulting firm, and our sort of our client base were executive management and those sorts of things. So, it was more around strategy and, and, and similar, and not through any great intention, but more just uh, stumbling into various opportunities. Those consulting assignments took a very strong um, banking focus. We just happened to be a, a consultancy that um, were experts in areas of banking, certain aspects of banking. And uh, so I found myself working in banking for, for quite a few years. And then on the tail end of that, uh, and coming back to, to Perth, which is where I'm based, uh, I got into uh, consulting and then ultimately into the management of metallurgical consultancies. So I was the general manager of a a metallurgical consultancy. And then one day I happened to be talking to a friend of mine who worked in recruitment. And uh, she said to me, well, you've you've got the trifecta for the MD of a junior. You've got banking experience, you've got metallurgical experience, and you're a geologist. So you've got all the the three things that you need in in an MD of a junior. And that's kind of been the story ever since. So I've been the managing director of various companies um, with Australian assets, um, Northern European assets. So we've had some projects in Norway, Sweden, and so on. And in Africa, in in, in Guinea and and Botswana. And of course, you mentioned Kazakhstan. I'm the honorary consul of Kazakhstan. That that came about because uh, I was the MD of a a gold explorer that transitioned into a gold developer in Kazakhstan. And uh, the honorary consul position is uh, sort of a a legacy from that time, and now in um, in Colombia. Yeah, um, why don't you just give us a, a background of uh, Los Cerros? Um, obviously, um, since you obviously you joined there as as the uh, MD. 
Yeah, the way this came about is I was the MD of Andy's Resources, which is in Columbia as well. It's in the Midcolka as well, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, we, but we were not listed. So we were a public unlisted company with 60 shareholders or 70 shareholders or so. And um, we uh, had intentions to list in 2019, I think it was, early 2019. Uh, but we were aware of Metminko in, to the south of us, still in the Midcolka Porphyry Belt and, and still in Columbia. And they were a listed company and um, had a few uh, challenges on their on their um, on their path along their path, and um, they secured a project called Chuskel, which um, is part of their Kinchia project, and I'll talk about that soon, I'm sure. But they secured that project, and we thought that was a very exciting project. We'd always known about that project, and we thought, well, it was quite a coup for Minko to have um, secured that project. And uh, we decided to, uh, to start a conversation with Metminko about merging the two companies together. So, to cut that longer story shorter, um, Andy's joined with Metminko. We got the listing out of that um, through through merging with Metminko. Uh, I became the managing director of the merged entity. My chairman became chairman. And to reflect the, the, that very significant change, um, we rebranded as Los Cerros, uh, which, which means the hills in, um, in Spanish. And, um, and uh, off we went from there. So that was kind of late 2019, but we really started to get momentum behind us in, uh, in early 2020. Okay. And I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the actual project. Yeah, so there's there's two projects that were well, project level. So we have the Andes project, which is the one that I was talking about, and then the old Metminko story, which was the Kinchia project. But that is made up of a number of um, interesting targets of various stages of advancement. So we have the the Miraflores. Uh, DFS, so that is a reserve um, with um, uh, engineering behind it, and we can talk about the economics of that if you like. But it's modest scale production, reasonably robust financials at sort of fourteen hundred US gold an ounce, uh, but not not a major scale. It's not going to change the world. It's just modest scale production. So that's Mirror Flores, and that's like if you like the foundation of the Kinshia story. And if you draw a a uh, three-kilometre radius around that, you hit a great number of targets, some of them very early stage, um, like um, uh, Santa Sofia and, and uh, Los Medios and a few others like that. And then you get more advanced targets, again, very close to this Miraflores Foundation. And that's been those more advanced projects have been the ones that have really driven the share price and our success over the last 18 months, and it's, it's been quite a ride. The main one of those is Tesserito which um, when we started drilling there had, had a few holes and there was two holes in particular that were particularly exciting um, for, for various reasons. And then we drilled that in, uh, in a late uh, sort of quarter three 2020 and that's what really changed the company. We hit uh, 230 metres at a gram per tonne starting on the surface, which is consistent with those other two holes that I mentioned historically that were quite interesting. And that really took... Tesserito from a target to a legitimate at-surface porphyry discovery, and the market reacted accordingly. Off we went, and it's been a, a fantastic story ever since. So we've been drilling um, intensively at Tesserito. We have four rigs drilling Tesserito at the moment, and uh, that just keeps on delivering 200 and 300-metre intercepts at a gram per tonne uh, from surface. So, you know, some globally significant results, uh, announcement after announcement. It's, it's getting a bit ridiculous now how many of these good results we have at Tesserito. But we have other targets in the area that are progressing as well. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, just moving on from that, obviously, the company's uh, defined a significant, obviously, discovery over the last 12 months, which is obviously um, a driver for the share price success. Um, can you tell us more about that discovery and how it's evolved over that period um, and where yeah, to well, next with that discovery? Sure. Yeah, that's the Tesserito target. So, I remember um, back in early 2020, I think we, at the lowest point, we were sub two cents our share price. And um, uh, then we drilled this this Tesserito discovery and, and off we went. So um, we're bouncing around 15 cents now. We went from 7 million market capitalization early last year through to 80, 90 million market cap now. And it's all based on that Tesserito story. Uh, what was really interesting in the sort of recent history of, of drilling there is that we uh, obviously found uh, a central zone that kept on delivering high grade sort of one and a half gram per tonne material at sort of 100 metres underground, but starts at surface, but the good stuff is about 100 metres underground, 80 metres or so. Um, but the most recent uh, revelation, if you like, is um, some of these holes that we were drilling to test the edges. You know, we we're trying to find the edges of this thing. Uh, we hit uh, 36 metres at three grams per tonne on the surface. So that's that's certainly not the edge of something. That's the centre of something. Uh, and um, so whilst we were looking for the edges, we think we actually found where the, the central zone breached the surface. And that, of course, opened up a whole new area that we thought was the edge, but potentially the middle. And therefore, there's the potential for this thing to grow significantly in, in a number of directions. So... Uh, Exciting times and exciting times ahead of us. Yeah. Um, you recently completed a $20 million um, dollar, Australian dollar raise. Um, I just wanted you to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. That, what happened is uh, we were roadshowing um, with a North American focus, but globally, but we were roadshowing. And uh, that led to two significant precious metal funds, North American based, but you know, global, they're, they're the top of the top. Um, they expressed interest in taking roughly 5% positions each. And so uh, that translated to roughly a $10 million investment from these two precious metal funds. And uh, so we added to that, we went into a trading halt and, and, and started building a book and added another $10 million from our existing shareholders and a few other participants um, out of the UK uh, and out of Australia to, to close it just marginally above $20 million capital raise. But it's a big it's a big step change for the company because we went from what was predominantly just an entirely Australian-focused shareholder registry to one that is now truly international and on the radar of some of the biggest players in the industry. Yeah. And what are your plans, uh, what, what are you looking to do with that money? Have you sort, sort of uh, planned out what you're looking to, where to spend it? Yeah, the bulk of it will go into the drilling program. We have four drill rigs running continuously. We have had four rigs running for quite a while now. And we have flagged to the market that there's probably a fifth rig uh, at some point. So we've got four rigs running. That's obviously generating lots of news flow. News flow sorry, uh, the bulk of that at Tesserito, but we also have intentions of exploring some of our other targets like Sebal and Chuskel and all these other Spanish names in the area. But uh, the bulk of it's coming out of Tesserito. So in terms of where the money's going, the bulk of it is drilling, and um, and news flow flowing from that. Um, we also have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Miraflores, which is a very advanced project with a supporting DFS. Now, we're going through the final submissions to government to have a production licence um, approved for Miraflores. So we have the optionality of going into production. I'm not saying that means we're going to go into production. That's that's not what I'm saying. Um, but we do have the, the optionality of doing that if we choose to. 
So we could be completing that as well. And also what we did on, um, we were doing it anyway, but sort of ramped it up even more after the $20 million capital raise is we've now got a dedicated target generation team. So we think we've only just scratched the surface of the Kinchia area. You know, we've got a great number of targets, but we now know the drivers that form the mineralization in this area. We've got a reasonable, reasonably good handle on what, what dictates where this mineralization will be. And that's sort of illuminating a lot of other areas that we need to look at that perhaps weren't, um, weren't given a, a serious look in uh, under previous ownership. So we've got this dedicated team um, from geologists right through to field teams and, and similar working on target generation, not just at Kinchia, but also at the, um, at the Andes portfolio. Yeah. Um, if you compare the projects, which, which one has the, the better prospects or are they sort of completely different? Uh, well, it depends on your criteria. <laughs> uh, look, if, if you want uh, something that uh, has a lot of meat on the bones, if you, if you, if you like, then that's, that's Miraflores. It's, it's got an established reserve. We've done all the metallurgy. We know the recovery rates and, and so on. And we know the financials um, from the modelling. So that's sort of got a lot of meat to it. Tesserito is the next one sort of down in terms of the level of understanding that we have. And that's um, proven to be very exciting. You know, we've got lots of drill intercepts. It's, it's looking like something quite significant, especially given that it's on the surface. It's not 100 metres underground. It literally mineralisation starts from, from zero metres and keeps on going for 200 to 300 metres down. Some of them much longer, 600 metres. We've got an intercept of 600 metres in one of the holes. Uh, so that's got a um, it's got a developing story, fairly advanced. You can start looking at that and make, making sort of guesses around how big this thing could be. And then sitting behind that is a few other targets like Chuskel and Sebal, which um, have had drilling in them, lots of smoke, lots of potential, um, but earlier stage. So who knows how how they'll turn out, but um, positive starts. And then you've got the Greenfield. So if you want to be, you know, look right back to the early start, we've got uh, a great number of targets in Kinshira and, and Andes that we've hardly touched yet. Okay. Um, and then obviously less <clears throat> less than 1K from the new discovery in Minoflores um, with its mineral reserve and DFS. Um, what are your production plans there? Yeah, well, as I said, it's modest scale. Um, it's, it's interesting and it's got sort of reasonably robust economics to it. So I don't want to dismiss it. But um, in terms of the, the level of uh, focus, Tesserito, some one kilometre away, is looking like being something far more compelling and, and far larger. So that's where we're focused. Tesserito... Um, whilst it was the sort of the theme of, of earlier conversations, uh, sorry, um, Miraflores, the, the one with the advanced reserve, um, whilst that was the theme of earlier conversations, it's now even more so and more and more as we know more about Tesserito is becoming more of a side story to the, to the main story, which is hunting these elephants in the area. There's these um, big porphyries and, and the potential they bring. So it looks like whilst Miraflores was originally the, the main story, it now looks like it might be you know, uh, a supplemental feed to something uh, far more substantial. Let's yeah. hope so, huh? Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the jurisdiction um, and other companies operating in the area. Yeah. Uh, well, we've been there for, for many years now, so I think we probably go back six, seven years or so in, in the Kinchia region, More longer if you go back to original ownership, but let's just say you know, in recent history. Um, over that time, we've seen significant changes in Colombia as a place to, um, to explore. And the main catalyst for that was the peace accord signed with the, um, the FARC sort of six years ago now, which ended the, the, uh, the conflict in Colombia. And so the risk profile of Colombia changed 
significantly at that point. And that's evidenced by you're seeing the entry of, of some of the larger players now coming into Colombia. And so our neighbours and our and our competitors, if you like, uh, are the, uh, the big end of town now. So in terms of who's really active in Colombia, Anglo Gold Ashanti is by far the, the largest. Uh, they have um, several projects that, you know, are over 10 million ounces each. And uh, they've got several of those, uh, Nuva Chiquiro and, and La Colossa and a few others. But others in the area that are active as Agnico Eagle, um, uh, Grand Colombia, uh, Newmont through through uh, an alliance with Agnico Eagle, and so on. So there's some big players um, and some big projects. Um, social license is obviously critical uh, importance in Colombia, um, as opposed any anywhere in the world. Um, how is uh, Los Claros performing in this area, um, and what's it like to operate in Colombia? Yeah, it's a big focus of ours. Um, as you say, it's it's important that you that you um, acknowledge the importance of social ESG type um, dynamics anywhere in the world, but particularly so in Colombia, the local communities have a fair bit of influence over whether projects progress or not. And uh, we're in a very good position because we've been entrenched in the local community for, for many years now. Uh, in fact, uh, our, our total number of employees is obviously quite fluid, but you know, let's let's take an average of let's say a hundred people uh, working for the company. Ninety-eight of those people are Colombians, and the vast majority of those live in Kinchir or, or towns in the area. So we're very much part of the local society, a lot of the local social structures, and very much so uh, part of the local economy. So we're really, really ingrained in the in the local area, and that's proved very important over the last uh, eighteen months, in particular, because you know COVID in um, Colombia has, has been devastating stating just like many places of the world. And a lot of people were struggling to gain, to keep their employment and similar. And coincident with that timing is our success with the drill bit and generating some fantastic results and, gener- and securing funding, which has allowed us to employ more people. And so we've been actually um, fortunately uh, being able to support the local community far more than we, we had in re- previous years. It's been great. Yeah. Um, and how is how is sort of COVID um, affected you affected you guys. I mean, I obviously read a lot of things in the in the news, and I think South America was hit pretty hard. Um, how did how how hard has it been for you guys during the last eighteen months? Yeah, we're we're quite lucky. Colombia did a brilliant job at the start of managing um, coronavirus. Then there were some pretty some pretty dark days. Obviously, when you've got porous borders and such, it's pretty hard to control things. So uh, they had a, a pretty dark sort of central area. But now their um, vaccination programs are going full steam ahead, and, and we're seeing the benefits of that, of course. Uh, in terms of us directly, uh, most of the team, as I mentioned, are based in this town called Kinchia. And fortunately for us, Kinchia is at the end of a road. It's not a thoroughfare for, for people travelling north or south or something like that. So you don't get that much um, transitory type uh, people coming through the town. You either, you, you, If you're there, you're there for a reason because you have a farm there or something like that. And that has been that meant that Kinchia uh, has been better than most areas at controlling coronavirus. It's in the community, but they've been very effective at controlling that. And of course, as a company, we've had very strict protocols in place right from sort of March last year in 2020. Uh, We have a number of teams and those teams don't mix. So we don't have people working across different teams. They're in pods. And uh, we've also invested um, significantly a while ago in getting some early vaccines into the the, 
into the company and to families and, and broader into the community. And so a lot of our team are fully vaccinated um, ahead of the ahead of the, the rest of the, um, the rest of the country. So in terms of it impacting us, hardly at all. You know, we did have to close down in March of 2020, like the rest of the country and much of the world really, uh, for about a month. But since then, it's been pretty much business as usual for the last okay. 17, 18 months. That's good to hear. Um, and as a uh, conclusion, um, what's the um, outlook for, um, for you guys over the next 12 to 18 months? Um, and is there anything else that you want to you wanna add? Yeah, look, I think the, the recent capital raising and bringing in that North American interest was another critical sort of pivot point for the company. With all that money now, sort of 23 million in the bank or thereabouts, uh, we're well-funded. Uh, we can afford to think far more strategically. So not thinking as drill result to drill result, but thinking far more strategically on how we build this entire region. And, um, and that's going to create some exciting opportunities, I'm sure, because we can be more strategic in our thinking. Uh, so I think the next year or so with that money behind us and the success at Tessarito and these other projects coming up through the pipeline, I think it's going to be just as exciting 2022 as it was for, for 2021 for us. Yeah. Jason, really appreciate your time. Um, it sounds like a, a, an interesting um, project or a few projects. Um, you're surrounded by some good um, good companies as well, which obviously you can uh, you can learn from. And um, it, it, sound, it sounds interesting. And perhaps you can come back on the show uh, next year to give us a, to give us an update. Perfect. I look, I look forward to that. And uh, thanks for your time and for your interest. Yeah, no worries. And those that are listening, appreciate if you can um, um, pass this uh, uh, episode on to others, share it amongst friends, family, um, other people, maybe other people within in South America or even Colombia, um, so they can obviously hear, hear the story um, and we can get Jason on next year uh, for an update as well. So appreciate you for listening. Um, and until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.